Recently, Ben Shapiro had this uh, podcast, and it's been making the waves in the on the internet, busting the internet, as they say. Uh, it, uh, what people are trying to say when they say that, by the way, is just that you know they hope that you figure that there's a lot of people listening to that or whatever. So let let's let this podcast bust the internet. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, anyway, so that way you listen too, right? You know. Okay, so Ben Shapiro had this his own podcast where he was talking about how he'd been lied to about the vaccine and everything about COVID, all things COVID. It was only a couple of days ago, and I, I was look. I, you know, I'm friends with Ben. I like Ben a lot. Um, he is kind enough to to write a blurb for my book, um, for both my books actually, and. It's very, very thoughtful. And, and, you know, I I remember him from the very beginning days. Very young guy. I think he's now 36 or so. So I think a lot of it has to do with that. Um, There's, you know, when you're young, even if if you're in the mid-30s, you can only have so much depth of experience, right? I mean, by definition, no matter how brilliant you are, and I think he is a brilliant young man, uh, but he doesn't have the amount of experience under his belt to have, you know, to have a brilliant mind like Ben Shapiro figured this out. In other words, if a 56-year-old Ben Shapiro or a 66-year-old Ben Shapiro instead of 36-year-old Ben Shapiro um, had been in play during the COVID uh, situation, the shutdown and the vaccines and everything, and we're going to be talking about that in a moment, um, I think he would never have taken the vaccine. He did take the vaccine. He announced that he did. Um, and uh, would have had a much clearer view of what was what. And instead, what he talked about uh, is about the lies. He, he went on all about the lies, and, and you know, he's all correct about that at this point. But my, my entire thought, the entire time I listened to this very thoughtful podcast, and again, it was, it was a great podcast, is how come it took you so long to figure this out? You know, I, I, maybe he just figured it out. Maybe he figured it out over over time. It was a slow burn for him, for example. It could be. But I, I'm surprised at anybody that you that you couldn't figure this out. Whether you're Ben Shapiro or not, you don't have to be a Ben Shapiro to figure out that something was amiss in the vaccine world and something that was amiss in, amiss in what they were talking to you about COVID and the transmission. Things just didn't make sense. As soon as well, first of all, you, you know, you've heard me speak about this, the, the inverse correlation between the, uh, the contagiousness of a virus and its deadliness, completely inverse relationship. There's, it's not most of the time. There's, there, there, in other words, there, there's no such thing as a virus that is both deadly and extremely contagious at the same time. It just doesn't exist. And don't, don't bring up the plague or something like that because I have my answers for and that. And even when they build one artificially, its severity wanes over time as its transmissibility increases. That's it's right. just the way this works. Right. And that, that was true for COVID as well. Uh, so COVID was much more uh, impactful in terms of your health if you got it in the very beginning days. And then over time, when everyone is getting it, including myself, the Omicron version, um, then it was, you know, people were sick for a couple of days, but they didn't fret about it the same way they did. Anyway, you get the idea. These are the things that came out. And then there was a Stanford study, the Hoover Institute, I think it was, that basically said or showed that uh, 85%, no, 85 times more people were being infected 
by the COVID virus than had been previously reported, which meant that the mortality rate was wildly lower than they had been representing. Remember, they had said 4 to 10% in the very beginning. Uh, and in fact, it was more like 0.02%. It was, and, and that, of course, were comorbidities, diabetes, overweight, you know, really old, had some sort of other disease. Yeah, that died with, not that died of. Yeah. So that's what was going on. And, and to me and to Ari, I'm sure I'm speaking for him too, uh, it, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop worrying about this nonsense. You guys, you can go crazy if you like, but you know, try not to impose it upon me. Thank you very much. But they did try to impose it on us. They did do the shutdown. And none of the science was, was uh, matching up with what they had claimed. Yeah. And we both moved out of, out of state because yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, that's how radical we had to take. Because moving is not easy. Okay, it's not like you go, hey, what are you going to do today to have a good day? I think I'll move, you know. <laughs> it's, it's not Across easy. Country, even. It's not easy. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, we had to make major decisions and all of us had to make major decisions. But that's to say nothing of all the people that had to close down their businesses, right? The big businesses survived. Oh, what a, what a surprise. Uh, you would think that the Democrats will be, you know, all against that because they're always claiming to be for the little guy. <clears throat> but the only people that survived or the only businesses that survived were the big corporations, right? So uh, including Amazon, of course. So, um, but this is the point of this particular podcast is that there was nothing they got right about COVID other than, I suppose, it was a virus. <laughs> that, yeah. That's about it. Especially, and I think this is your thesis, especially the vaccine, unless you count them getting something right about the Chinese coronavirus flu, is how fast and how effectively can we get two-thirds of the population to take this junk? Yeah. That they got right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, they, they use fear and such, but, but that's not what I'm talking about because they're in terms of what they told us about the virus, what they told us about the vaccine, what they told us about the necessity of the shutdown, everything was wrong. Not just some things, not just most things, but everything was wrong. And there was not a single positive consequence, except for the kind of silver lining sort of consequences, like, like you and I, you know, moving and making new friends in different places in, in America. And discovering right? what freedom actually is like again. That's, right. that's nice yeah. stuff. That, that, and, that, that's and, the kind of consequences that were the good kind of consequences. But in terms of the actual consequences, I, w- I want to get there, uh, the, the very direct and what should have been easily foreseeable consequences were uh, the massive depression the massive amount of suicides and drug overdoses, the business collapse, uh, like I talked about, except for the big guys, the massive increase in crime. Uh, then they spent all this money, uh, and that was you know, a big consequence of it. Oh, we're going to spend trillions of dollars to wipe out this, uh, this virus that nobody could really stop. Um, and, and then it turns out, and I know this might be a shocker, but it turns out that the government was not entirely efficient uh, when no. it was, yeah, I know. I, you, no, heard, just, you heard it here first. Sporked tongue, you speak with <laughs> exactly. So uh, they 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 spent. Now the report is that they spent at most fifteen percent of the actual COVID money for COVID relief. I mean, you can. I, I don't know who said it because I liked it a lot. He said, "There's only so much plexiglass you can buy. You can buy with a trillion dollars." So uh, they did that, and now they're using the rest of the money, the the eighty five percent other money for other pet projects that they always want to do, right? So this was not about COVID at the end of the day. Um, they were using it for their favorite uh, earmarks. And then, of course, I know this is going to sound shocking as well. There were some people 
some nefarious people, I'll say, that actually fraudulently used the money that was given. Yeah, no, I know that doesn't. Happen. I know, I know. It's a, but it is certainly something that we just have to consider sometimes. Well, for Barack, Barack. To be fair. If you're not going to loot the Louis Vuitton store on Rodeo Drive, those bags are not going to buy themselves. <laughs> yes, that's true. Exactly right. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> but they did manage to blame Trump for all of it for some reason. Another thing is the, uh, the, the school shutdown, which is huge. And everyone talked about it. We, we know how absurd it was. We're not going to get into this because we've already argued this point before, how it didn't really affect kids whatsoever. They couldn't really transmit it the way that they thought. They certainly weren't dying at, at any rate. They were not protecting the teachers in any way. It was all nonsense. <clears throat> but the devastation upon the kids themselves, and new, new reports are coming out showing how devastating it was. Um, the, the actual average scores went down like three and, and uh, four points each. These are huge numbers, by the way. I mean, if you don't think it's huge, just, just for comparison points, the, the left keeps on crying about how the, the temperature, the global te- temperature will go up one degree. And that is a huge amount as far as they see it. So three or four points in a, uh, an average among the entire nation is a, an absolutely huge number. Over three and a half years. Yeah. A tiny amount of time. And I have to say, my kids are still affected by this. The masked, the masked era traumatized them. Yeah. The shutdowns was terrible for them psychologically. And we had the means to get out of this nonsense in a relatively short period of time. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. There was nothing. The one, the one yeah. silver lining, and I know you'll probably get to it, was at least the shutdown of the schools allowed the parents to really see what was going on in the schools. And that's part of the multifaceted backlash electorally that's coming to this stuff. Right. So well, that was a very good thing, actually. Well, that, that's one of those silver linings, which is uh, kind of a really rare sort of thing. It's not as if they plan it out or even could think yeah. it out, but they should have thought about it. And at the end of the day, uh, we had this disaster in the school system. Look, uh, th- now we, we also learned that Pfizer, at least, and probably the others, too, uh, did not even bother to, de- to determine whether or not the vaccine actually had any effectiveness against the COVID, whether it could stop the transmission. No, no, no. They, it was more important to just get the vaccine out there. Never, never mind. But that was the I, experiment. I know. I, that, know? Of course it was. Yeah. It's the equivalent of saying, well, let's, uh, let's roll out this car. Uh, it doesn't have any brakes. It doesn't have a steering wheel. It doesn't... Uh, it does run on gas. Uh, it does have some wheels, and let's just hope for the best. You know, maybe it'll it'll get to from point A to point B. It, okay, <laughs> but they didn't even test it. That's and and that and we were supposed to follow the science. We were supposed to follow the experts. All this stuff. It's all unraveling now. Yeah, and you're told if you question this, which is questioning is science. You're not being scientific. Yeah. Uh, you're being a you know incel you know, misinformation spreader vector point. And by the way, your, your car analogy is very interesting because the state of California and many others are now banning gasoline cars by a certain point following the same kind of thinking. Oh, we'll just ban gasoline cars and it'll be fine. What do we do? Well, we'll figure out when we get there. Right? <laughs> I know, I know. I, I think uh, you got it right spot on about that. We will figure everything out when we get there. But they, look, but going back to Ben Shapiro, so my first moment where I kind of raised my eyebrow about what he was saying, because I, I listened to Ben's podcasts. I, I always like to see his trajectory. I think he's doing so well. I really commend him for 
you know, what he's done and, and the incredible force with which he speaks and his savvy and his books are great too. Uh, I love him uh, when he speaks and lectures. He's really uh, fantastic. He, he just knows what he's doing. And I love his creation of Daily Wire uh, with all these incredible, talented uh, people who work with him. Matt Walsh for one, Candace Owens for another, and so on. Boring. Boring. And, and I think uh, Michael Niles, is he also part of it? Anyway. Sure. Regardless, fantastic movies, f- fantastic content, uh, very, you know, in the soup. Uh, of society and culture. So I, I'm, I'm very impressed with it. But when I heard this podcast, and, and you, you'll remember the 15 days to flatten the curve, right? So before um, they actually did that, they said, we're going to do this 15 days uh, to flatten the curve in order to avoid the overwhelming uh-huh. of hospitals with COVID patients so that they, could, that they can somehow get a breather, get set up, you know, get, get a, a head start on this and then open the doors and welcome these COVID patients once their infrastructure internally was all set up. That was the idea, yeah. right? It was a big lie. Yeah, and then Trump builds it all, the, the convention centers, the ships, everything. They have the capacity. Never even use it. But right. then they don't release the lockdown. Right, yeah. So, I mean, Oh, my God. It was, it was absurd. And then it continued on. And, and I remember Ben was very... Uh, supportive of the 15 days to flatten the curve, and he was explaining it. And I, I just thought, really, Ben? I, I mean... You trust these guys? You know? Well, that's what I was saying. But, but I was surprised more because he wasn't cynical. We, right. we have to be cynical. And I, I just... You know, it's, cynical is often portrayed in a very uh, negative way, like somehow you're a downer, you're a Debbie Downer if you're a cynical person. No, no. I, I, when I say cynical, I mean it in the truly scientific way. The you know, the, but wait a minute sort of way, you know, hold on. I like what you're saying, but have you thought about X? The Reagan trust for verify. Yes. You can trust, but you got to verify too. Yeah. They go hand in hand. It's basic cynicism that's very healthy for science and very healthy for uh, leading our lives. I mean, what, to, you know, you, you may very well think that uh, if you, um, you know, eat whatever you want, uh, everything's going to be okay. But you got to say, okay, that sounds good. You know, you want to be yourself. That sounds great. But have you thought about the consequences, the health consequences? Yeah, so Lizzo. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's right. Uh, transgenderism is another good example. Have you, you know, you may think that you're being very tolerant and such, but, you know, when you, you know, have you thought about the consequences of that? Yeah. Anyway, and in this so case, he, he never, about yeah, the 15 days, yeah. We're talking about an ostensible rock-ribbed conservative, uh, Ben Shapiro, a guy who's so conservative, Trump wasn't conservative enough for him. Even after he showed how conservative he was as president, right? Even then, Shapiro has never come on board on Trump. That's how conservative Shapiro is. But he just trusted big government and the administrative state to the letter? I know, I know, I know it's awful. And I I wonder, you know, at at what point, we, we, like, for example, we now know that Andrew Cuomo did some some horrific things, right? And it's not just the sex harassment stuff that that got him to 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 resign, but also all the deaths in the nursing homes that he was really responsible for. That wasn't the thing that really stood out. But we all n- now know what a monster he was, right? We now know what uh, what's his name, the, the the Hollywood producer, the Weinstein. Weinstein, yeah, what a monster he was. And it go it goes down the line. We we eventually discover these things. And now he's discovering, uh, he, Ben, and many others are discovering, and I think far too late, the things that were obvious, uh, should have been obvious. The, you know, when, once the Stanford study came out, you should, you should have really changed. Everyone well, should have changed. It. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, let me do, hang on. 
uh, everyone should have really, really uh, questioned things. And then, you know, not just the Stanford study, but also uh, the ivermectin and the uh, HCQ, hydroxychloroquine issue, um, and shoving it away from the discussion whatsoever. You weren't allowed to talk about it. You had to start being cynical and saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. If, If it works then what's the big deal? And people are saying that it works and therapeutics do work. Uh, and, and this pa- Paxipline or whatever it is, Paxipid. the new one, I, I wouldn't be surprised. That, that one doesn't work. I, I, whatever. Yeah. Um, but some people the claim that it that does. The one that worked was the monoclonal antibodies and they pulled it. Yeah. And mo- Operation Warp Speed, Warp Speed developed two things, the vaccine and the monoclonal. The monoclonal worked, has no consequences. They pull it. Yeah, the vaccine they push. Yeah, they they want they want to push it anyway. But and, and, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not not quite done with that thought. Okay. okay. So the other study that came out was after the COVID shutdown. So, and that's a whole. So there are three things to talk about, right? There's the the deadliness and the damage of the COVID COVID virus itself, the purpose and damage or um, the effectiveness, if you want, of the shutdown. And then third, of course, the effectiveness of the vaccine. And it's dangerous as well. Those are three things. And all of them failed in terms of uh, what the government told us on the one hand and what reality was on the other. So going to the Johns Hopkins study, which was a very big deal, and you just don't hear about this. This to me... These are real scientific studies. These are real scientific studies. Legitimate, you know... uh, (laughs) Gold standard studies. Exactly. Sources that even liberals would would trust. Well, they did until now. Yeah, exactly right. Once they say this. So um, the the study came out and said, okay, well, let's evaluate uh, how many lives the shutdown actually saved. And, uh, you know, this can be done statistically. It's not that hard to do. And they evaluated it and they determined that it did absolutely nothing to save any lives whatsoever. And then even the most generous, you know, you can play around with the numbers and, you know, with the uh, spreadsheets and such like that, even with making the most generous assumptions uh, entirely uh, that, you know, for example, that a certain death was linked to uh, not being, uh, or sorry, Sorry, uh, that, that, that avoidance of a death was linked to being away from somebody. So in other words, you would have to say that this person would have died but for being cloistered away in his apartment or, or wherever. Um, they were very, very generous with that. They said the most you could ever count on was something like 0.2%. 0.2%, which calculates to a total, if you're talking about a million deaths, uh, that you're saving a total of 2,000 lives. Okay? Four, and, and then, four. And, about $15 trillion of national treasure. Right, of course. Right. And to say nothing of the disasters uh, that we've already spoken about, All the, the depressions, yeah, the, the, uh, the suicides, the drug overdoses. You've easily uh, hit well over 2,000 suicides and drug overdoses in the first week of that. Yes. You know? All right. So um, just, you know, uh, th- that, that is a, uh, a big problem. And nobody wants to talk about that. I mean, I, th- I think that would be the most obvious thing to do. Can we look back for a second and say, okay, look, we did this extraordinary, unprecedented, they like that word, we did this extraordinary, unprecedented thing. We shut down the entire world's economy, except for Sweden. And we now don't want to look back and say, did it work? Really? I- you're not interested in that? You, you just want to make this assumption? You just want to it- move on? <laughs> that right. you-, you just, I mean... I mean, that's, that's, what they, that's the way the Democrats talk about, right? So recently, 
uh, Nancy Pelosi spoke uh, on with this kind of move on sort of language, uh, move on dot org indeed right. Um, this move on language where they, she was confronted with the inflation situation and saying, isn't this horrible? And she knows this is going to be a major talking point in the midterms. So she says, it's time, you know, we got to move off of inflation. Right. Talk about something else. Yeah. That's like, it's like Charles Manson during trial saying, you know, we, we got to move off of this, uh, this yeah, murder thing that you're accusing you're me so of. so obsessed with the LaBiancas and the Tates. Isn't there anyone else in this world we can talk about? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk, you know, Weinstein, God, that would have been great lawyering. Weinstein was probably saying, what, I could have had a V8. I could, I, why didn't I think of that, that defense? You know, can, can we just move on from this uh, sexual harassment charges that are against me and, and just move on to something else like making movies? Please, right? I mean, same thing with the, with Andrew Cuomo. Shakespeare in love. Yes, yeah. exactly right. So you you got this, um, and and this is so emblematic of the main point because COVID. You know, it, it should be the shutdown in particular. It it wasn't COVID. COVID was merely a catalyst, right? And what it it did nothing it, other than reveal who we were as a nation. It revealed. All the the, uh, the the terrifying realities uh, and frailties of our nation. It revealed who the scaredy cats were. I would that's that's putting it mildly. Uh, the people who really exhibited fear and, and for whom fear is a major part of their lives, and those who really know how to move forward Can with I their lives. That a slightly different way. Yeah, go ahead. I think it revealed who those who either want or are willing or will be conquered are. Those who are susceptible to conquest revealed themselves. We've been talking for years about the different civilizational threats and wars on this podcast. And one of the recurring themes is whether it's Islam versus the West or the threats to Western civilization is are we a people who are unconquerable because we are if we choose to be or are we people who are going to be chosen to be conquered by either our own demons or something external? And what this incident revealed to me the, the cowardly behavior of the scaredy cats is people who are willing to be conquered, who are not willing to set, set, sh- uh, step up and face down a threat. These are not the people who, when called upon, would go invade Normandy. So I have you two know? things to say that. And that's a good point, Ari. Uh, two things. One is my, my father of blessed memory. Uh, he said that you can truly judge a man by the way he comports himself during a crisis. And if you were to apply that as a nation um, and, and individually, I suppose, uh, in terms of what happened with COVID, which was a crisis in their eyes, not a crisis in our eyes. We thought it was nonsense. It was a, it was a drizzle that they were treating as, as though it were a hurricane. And we saw everyone reacting. We saw who our, our fellow um, Americans really were. right. And most of them, yes, it, it more or less divided along party lines. There were a couple of and exceptions. state lines. State line, of course. The other thing that I thought was very interesting, and I think this might have been from Charlie Kirk, so I want to give him credit for this. It was a good, really good point. It's one of those statements that are so so obvious, but no one's articulated it, right? So he said that in the COVID crisis, uh, the COVID shutdown, for that matter, there are so many people who thought of themselves as heroes for having followed all the rules. Like, and, and he said correctly, no. Heroes are the, precisely the ones who don't follow the rules, yes. who, who, who say, wait a minute, I ain't going to do that. And, and yet you have all these people thinking that they're doing something wondrous by doing whatever the government told them. Look, 
I have, uh, my, my siblings are all liberal. I love them all. They're very great people. They're very successful people. I'm, I'm very proud to have them as my siblings. But, you know, I, I talk to each of them as a group and individual and saying, look, this doesn't make sense. Uh, the, the COVID thing doesn't make sense. I'm not going to get the vaccine. That doesn't make sense either. Uh, the harmful effects are so, so apparent. I mean, and they questioned me about this, but then, then they started seeing some um, difficult challenges uh, with the vaccine. They, and they, uh, particularly that they themselves were kept on getting COVID over and over again, notwithstanding the vaccine. And they kept on making excuses. Well, if I didn't get the vaccine, they it would have been, been worse. it would have been far worse. Yeah. And then I said, well, okay, well, wait a minute. I got the, I got COVID, um, and I never had the vaccine, uh, not even the first shots, and. Uh, I, I'm okay. Uh, I, I had a couple of sniffles here and there, but that was it. Uh, and this is this is what I mean. So how do you explain me? Right. How do you explain so many other people like like you are? You got COVID too at some point, yeah. right? It wasn't so bad for you. So it, it all appears to have been for not, but nobody's addressing this. They just they're constantly living in the moment always forgetting the past, never wanting to analyze the past, never wanting to consider the possible consequences, for that matter, of any of their particular actions. But isn't this always the way it's been with the Democrats? Absolutely. And, and it's so interesting you brought up the exact perfect analogy because it's a, a very simple failure to analyze a simple 2 plus 2 equals 4 kind of question, which is, am I going to take two risks or one? Yeah. I'm not going to get the vaccine, so I'm going to take a single risk. Will this virus hurt me? I'm going to take the vaccine, so now I'm going to take two risks. The virus can still get to me and might hurt me, but now the vaccine might hurt me. Yeah. You've doubled your risk as far as just number of risks, and it's an exponential chance of risk. And, and these are the people who are telling you how risk-averse they are. Yeah. You know, I, I, I remember, you know, just... It, it, I'm not quite changing the subject, but I want to make it a, a, a yet another example. I told my siblings, and for that matter, all my close friends, uh, way, way before inflation hit, that inflation was going to hit big, 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 and it was going to stay with us for quite a while. And uh, I, did, I got nothing wrong about it, by the way. I even said, here's when it's going to start, and it did start then. <laughs> and, uh, and I told them ahead of time, look, don't sell your properties yet. Hold on to your properties. Inflation will still pick up these things. Yeah, stuff will be more valuable than greenbacks. Right. right. And I also said, uh, please, if you're planning to buy a refrigerator, if you're planning to buy anything that would otherwise cost a lot, I'm not talking about, you know, a couple of tchotchkes that might cost you 20 bucks or something. Cars, I'm talking anything like a car or otherwise, get it now. Um, While they and, have it. And so they, you know, they didn't respond to it. And in the meantime, you know, inflation did hit. Uh, the, the price of homes did increase in value. And, uh, you know, everyone is making the same mistake. They just, they're unable to see beyond their bubble of the present. You, you know, we always say this, uh, they never look more than five minutes behind them and no more than five minutes ahead of them. And if you do that, you're going to live a very strange life. You're never going to be able to meaningfully move forward um, or grow or learn for that matter. So it's, it's a big problem. All right, so last night um, I had a fantastic event at, at our house, um, and we had the opening of the Jewish Republican Alliance, the JRA, uh, in my hometown, and it was great. We're going to open up a new branch, and we had so many interested, interested Jews and, and non-Jews. You don't have to be Jewish to be part of this. 
Uh, I highly recommend it if you haven't already joined it. It's a very conservative organization. These are Jews that are passionate about the conservative cause. They're passionate about Trump. They love America, and they have staunch supporters for Israel, of course, just the right kind of conservative that, that you and I are all about. And we also had uh, a wonderful uh, guest speaker, Wayne Allen Root, who is a great national speaker. He's very tight with Trump. Trump loves him. Uh, and he was funny. He was great. Now, he spent, I would say, about 60%, 70% of his talk, uh, he was the guest speaker, about the vaccines. And Ari, um, I, I have some terrifying news for you. You may already know this, but uh, it's terrifying because Wayne tends to get things right. He's, he's got almost a thousand batting average, almost. Uh, to his use of the word, I mean, it's 99.99%. And, and that's good on the one hand, because you can take it to the bank. <laughs> you can take actions. On the other hand, it's frightening when he makes a prediction that is so uh, horrifying, uh, and you know that there's a 99.99% chance of it coming to pass. And here's one that he made that I really hope he's wrong on. Okay? I, I would be delighted for him to be wrong on, but I suspect he's right. You will see, as he says, in the next five years, a massive amount of children dying as a result of the vaccine. A massive amount. Right now, you're seeing kind of anecdotal stories. Um, yeah, media ignored things. Media is ignoring them, but, uh, you know, a, a kid who dies uh, in the choir. And by the way, most of them, hold on, most of them uh, kids are dying in some sort of sporting of events, usually soccer for some reason. Um, and you see, there's the dangers of soccer right there. Right? I've but anyway, found out that for years. Yeah, sorry. Right. <laughs> anyway, but but these athletic sports, these these guys, are runners, sometimes tennis players, uh, suddenly they're dying all of a sudden. And, and it's you hear these articles, you read these articles, and they say, boy, you know, 14 uh, suddenly dies on field playing soccer, and they say nothing about his vaccine status, right? One way or the other, you would think they would say. Uh, you and know, we know their vaccine status, yeah. but the media—they don't play the it. the illusion to the stupid people out there, so we can't connect the dots, right? And, and, the, and you might—and you might think that they're reporting these stories because they want you to make the connection, and they wouldn't have otherwise reported these stories, at least not as national news, maybe as local news at your, you know, wherever the kid had lived. But now they're putting it up in order to suggest that these vaccines were the reasons for it, and they're so deadly wrong about it, as it were, and they're just doing to to be salacious. Uh, okay, but the problem is, so all you have to do to to respond to that is to show, and, and Ari can speak to this, um, what those numbers of kids dying in those very unusual situations are, say three years ago versus this year. Right? Yeah, you, want to, to be, you want to speak to the numbers? Used to be six to eight a year. Uh, kids would die during sports, usually mostly uh, during uh, football training camp before school begins when they're doing football workouts in the heat of summer, places like the Midwest or the Northeast in the humidity. And, you know, occasionally a kid would die of heat stroke or something. And we'd hear headlines about how dangerous football was because six kids a year died. I think in the last year and a half, it's been 1,200. That is a factor of I don't even know what. Uh, like 6,000? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just an obscene 
growth uh, in in some and it, it just at the very least forget the vaccine for a second at the very least you got to rub you know scratch your head rub your chin and say hmm that is odd that is just odd well, we, we need to ask ourselves what, yes he, he's you know it's not it's not being videoed Ari I just well, I hate I to break it to you, you I was doing that. anyway uh, it, it is worth asking the question something is something up is is there an explanation for this uh, because something is definitely happening. If it goes from six to 1,200, as Ari just mentioned, uh, something is very, very strange, okay? So, look, both Ari and I think that it's vaccine-related. It could be that, you know, among all those 1,200, that there are more than a few, more than a handful that have died without ever having taken the vaccine, okay? But these numbers need to come out. We need to have an explanation of these things. And the last thing that this government wants is to create that kind of panic um, and, and actually be honest about what's going on. Now, recently the CDC, there are hints of this, recently the CDC came out, I think it was about a month ago, a month and a half ago, and said, look, we, we really need to reevaluate our response to the COVID vaccine and uh, make some corrections where they need to, to be. And it, it seemed to come out of the blue at the time, right, right Ari? I'd love, to get, I'd love to get your thoughts about this. Hold on for a second. It seemed to, to come out of the blue. Like, everyone loved the CDC. The CDC was always right. And all of a sudden, this comment, like, well, we've, we really need to do a big shakeup at the CDC. We've we got to evaluate where we went wrong. Like, and so everyone who had been following them is now saying, huh? We, we thought you were God. And now you're telling, you, telling us that something really bad has happened. Uh, within your system and that you got all the processes wrong somehow uh, would suggest that their response to COVID was wrong. So maybe tell me a little bit more about what but you think. But then they corrected it, I think, early, late last week, and they voted 15 to zero to include the COVID-19 vaccine for children on the mandatory, well, it's not mandatory, the CDC recommended vaccine schedule, which most states follow to make mandatory including California. Yeah. So now it's gone from get your kid vaccinated, get your kid boosted. We strongly suggest to, if they want to go to school, they have to have this. Yeah. And the other thing that Wayne's prediction, and this is so awful to me, is this thing is designed almost as a time-release weapon where the vast flood of childhood casualties on this, and by that I mean deaths, not just injuries, but deaths, are going to happen about three to seven years out. And it'll be long enough away from it that people won't connect the dots. And then they've gone even farther, which is now they're including uh, Moderna. Wow, what a great company. Has come out with a myocarditis heart medication vaccine for kids. Because, you know, heart-related issues is just growing exponentially because of all that shake shack we gave to kids in order to incentivize them and their parents to take the shots. Yeah. Right? So you have a milkshake. Now you're having a heart attack. So here's this. Ignoring that the heart attack is being caused by the vaccine. Well, I, I, I would disagree that, let's say it happens, there's this massive wave of sudden deaths in three to four years, uh, even seven years, as you know. I mean, nobody's going to forget that there was a shutdown for two years. Well, and, and, and they'll be able to tag it back to, to uh, the COVID. Now, smart these people... These are people who don't remember five minutes ago. Like you that, that's, that's a good point. That's and, a very good the point. They will... Is, hold, hold on. All right, go, hang on. Go ahead. So the, 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 the point is that you know, they'll have to deal with it at some point. I mean, yes, you're right that a lot on the left will say, gosh, well, 
you know, five years, a lot can happen in five years. Who's to say that it's from the fact they, they're so they're so invested in the vaccine. They're so invested in having done the right thing. They're so invested in having been a hero by following all the government mandates and orders that that now to look back and say, well, maybe I made a mistake. It, 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 it was so a part of their identity, Ari, that to, to admit that they may have screwed up uh, will shatter their identity. Like, who am I? Am I a human being? Am, am, I, am I John Smith? Really? I, I, just, I don't know anything. They, they are not willing to, to imbibe that possibility. And I say imbibe in the same way, like, you know, for them, it's like, uh, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, but they don't realize that they've already drunk the Kool-Aid a long time ago. And they're already dying. I mean, I, I think the Jim Jones situation, you know, this is exactly the same thing. They, they follow the cult of Jim Jones. The only difference is that when, when the Guyana followers of, of Jim Jones drank the Kool-Aid, they died instantly. Well, there's an interesting dynamic that's going to be at play from what I understand is going on here, which is the vaccine is essentially turning people's blood into jello. And so a lot of people are dying in the short term of heart attacks. The long-term deaths will be cancers as the immune system is cratered mm. and other deaths. You're getting, remember um, the stories we used to hear from like our grandparents and our great-grandparents as to why not to catch cold? It's because in the 19, as late as like the 1930s and 40s, people would drop dead of a cold. You know, people, their lives were ruined by a single disease. People didn't survive diseases back then. And from what I see is going on is, and a good indication of this is when you take the vaccine and then you get COVID, the very disease you're supposed to not get from this thing, it's indication of... Uh, what's called VADES, which is something like vaccine antibody dependent syndrome or something like that. And it's essentially the, 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 um, the, the, um, implosion of the immune system. And the immune system, most people don't know, actually keeps you from getting cancer too. So these cancers are already starting to show up in younger people and they're going to start killing kids. Right. That's, that's, that's what we're talking where, about. I and, know. And, and that's why it might be hard to track because most people think that the vaccine deaths are going to be a drop dead kind of situation. Yeah, so you might, a, yeah, it, it might, it might be like what you said uh, offline from this podcast that, you know, the big uh, sudden jump in peanut allergies uh, may have been tagged to these all these vaccines, and now people are not, and not the, obviously not the COVID vaccine because this is before, but there was a big jump, a spike in required vaccinations of kids, and all of a sudden they're having this massive peanut val- yeah, uh, weird allergies. allergies that are, yeah, which that are deadly allergies. Right, so, just, some oh of which God, are deadly, yeah. So that's, but, but people are unable to make that connection. So you know what, Ari, you might be right at the end of the day. If they can't make that connection, uh, then they may very well not make the connection back to the COVID shutdown. But then again, uh, to argue against that, again, uh, there was no shutdown of the world. It wasn't so in your face as the COVID shutdown was. Yeah, I hope so. And there weren't these masks that were this reminder. And there was no mandates. Yeah. And, and the, all... the other thing is that my concern, and I, I look, I respect what Wayne said, and that's huge. But my concern was always sterility. Well, he talked about that a lot, I'm too. Sure he talked about that. But the, the thing that that's what really gets my juices flowing, no pun intended, 
or imagery intended by it, which is the the fear the the whole entire Agenda Twenty One movement, the Great Reset, Build Back Better movement, has always been about depopulation in one way or another. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to get people not to reproduce. And we have the gay movement, the transgender movement, the asexual movement, the sexual harassment movement, where people are afraid to hit on each other now. All those things co- that were all going in those directions anyway. And now we have this vaccine that clearly, and it's not a vaccine, let's call it what it is, poison, a poison that affects all sorts of cycles and processes involving reproductive systems. Okay, that's right. He did talk about these things. And uh, look, it was a very compelling speech. You would have liked it very much. Um, But it goes to the very core point. I think Mark Twain said this, so I want to make sure that I get the source. But whoever it was, it wasn't me. I wish it was me, but it was a fantastic quote. He said, it is easier to fool people than to convince people that they've been fooled. And boy, oh boy, that is so true. And we are going to see that now. In big time. And this goes to the, all those people who, who demanded the shutdown, who took their kids out of school, who, who forced their kids to have uh, the vaccines. What do you do to such a person? You know, it, and it's bad enough that you, you take the vaccine and you learn that you were wrong, that you were fooled. It's even worse when you realize that you, you forced your kids to get the vaccine. And now... They may very well die or suffer infertility at best uh, and all sorts of other crazy medical complications associated with that. And you have to live with yourself uh, with that. And, and you have to say to yourself, why didn't I ask more questions back then? Why did I so easily get bamboozled? Why did I let myself get fooled? Right? So, so people are not inclined to do that. If Mark Twain is right, and I think he is, that it's far easier to fool people than to convince them that they've been fooled. Uh, then we've got a really big problem, you know, on our hands. How do you, how does a parent meaningfully tell himself or herself, kids, and for them, for even to themselves, I, I did, uh, I made a horrible mistake. I should never have forced you, and told you how great this vaccine was, and and worse than that, I told I told you that anybody who who was cynical about this or, or were vaccine deniers, as it were, right, and then I mocked them. I was wrong about that. And now I have to live with that. You think, you think that the average parent is going to be able to say that to himself? Of course not. And, and that, is, that is so terrifying. And they've got that hold on people. It's, it's the cult-like hold, right? This, this is what cults do is that they, they get you to transform your identity. Really, I mean, there's many things that they do, but that's one of the key things that they do. They get you to transform your identity, sometimes by doing something that you find so... Uh, incongruous with what you believe. For example, I don't know, uh, a Jew who now, now they're forcing him to eat pork and, and cheese. Uh, or even more extreme, uh, forcing a, a straight man to have gay sex with another man. Which is what they did which, in Jim Jones. W- which is exactly what they did in, in Jim Jones. Um, and once you've engaged in that act, then it's harder for you to then say, okay, I'm leaving this crazy cult. That's, that's all nonsense. You, you have to, your mind is now stuck with this thing that you've done that is completely inconsistent with, with who you are. Yeah. And so it's, it's in order to, to make your life congruous, to, to be consistent in your life, in, in your brain, uh, to not have that horrible cognitive dissonance, you've got to continue the path. Right. And, and, I see, and we see this, don't we, Ari, right. about so many people 
you know, despite all the evidence coming out in front of their own eyes, forget about, you know, whether they see these deaths and, and all sorts of injuries that, that are resulted from the vaccine. Forget about that for a second. They should be seeing it, but let's, but, but they should be able to see that notwithstanding all the promises of the vaccine, that they're still getting the, the, the COVID virus. They're still, they're catching COVID. They're still transmitting COVID. And they still tell these the, the lies to themselves over and over again. Right. So this they is what's the happening. Next goalpost, but it would have been worse. I would have been dead. I would have this. It yes. would have that. But only this. And it, let me just um, clarify the Jim Jones process because you'll see how it's perfectly analogous yeah. to with this. Jim Jones would take a straight man who is part of the People's Church and rape him. Yeah. Then he would accuse him of being a homophobe if he didn't enjoy it. And then he would offer salvation because it's a... It was loosely based on a form of... Uh, well, he was uh, a messianic figure, it was, right? It was based loosely on the idea of, um, uh, of vicarious uh, salvation. Uh, well, if you follow the cult to the letter, your sins will be forgiven, yeah. right? So the same thing. They, they commit a horrible abuse about you. They tear your very civilization apart. They reorder society in ways that are horribly frustrating and painful for you and your children. Then they offer you a single way out, and they offer you a hijab, a, a religious piece of garb, the mask right. to wear, to show your loyalty. Right. And if you just do these pieces of compliance, you'll be forgiven, and we will remove the pressure from your yeah. testicles. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, yeah. Okay. And, yeah, no, like I... And then you see how people behave. I like what you're saying, and I think you're right about that. Um, and what will happen in the future is people will have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, how did I get so bamboozled? How did I let myself get fooled? Will they... I, look, I, I do think there will be a decent chunk of society that will uh, be embarrassed by what happened and will own up to their, you know, having been in a cult. There are many people who leave cults and, and they become, you know, a great, not prognosticators, uh, uh, spokespeople against cults Evan later on. Evangelists. Against the evangelists against it. And they, and they know all the signs and they know how to question. They say questions are good. Uh, they're all good about that. And we'll have such people later on when, you know, who were bamboozled by this whole vaccine madness and they'll be embarrassed about it. And, but, but they'll be evangelists at the end of the day well, and, and stronger than you and me, even yeah. for that matter, because they, they will be able to say, look at me, I'm, I'm paralyzed from such and such, uh, whatever. Um, I, I no longer can have kids. Uh, you know, we need to learn from this and they're going to demand investigations and it'll all be good in that way. That's, that's unfortunately a silver lining, uh, that'll create the, the healthy kind of cynicism that we need in society for a thriving democracy to to continue. Yeah, because I think we need a never again and a Nuremberg trials with penalties moment. Yes. There has to be closure through something like that. Because I said it when we were having lunch earlier, this was a Holocaust. Yeah. This is. And people need to think of it that way. Never again happened again in our society. Look, it's, it's not the first time that this has happened. This is, uh, we had a, a massive eugenics movement from the 30s to the early 70s. People don't, you know, they, they gloss over that. There, there are horrific things that this country did that Hitler himself uh, took as, as, a, as, a, as an example. I said, well, the Americans are doing this. I, I can do it too. And who are they to tell me that what I'm doing is wrong? I'm, I'm simply weeding out the weaklings. Uh, and this is from his mind, crazy mindset, of course, but that's what he thought. And, uh, but we did it before. So, you know, this is, we're just doing it again and, and doing it on a, on a more massive scale. 
uh, and we're basically going to be wiping out a huge part of the population and preventing the remaining surviving population from having kids themselves. Uh, and then, of course, all the other cultural uh, uh, pressures that you're talking about, encouraging homosexuality, transgenderism, uh, to make people afraid of, of, of even approaching uh, the opposite sex for purposes of procreating or otherwise. Um, this is bad stuff. And, you know, this may be, speaking about silver linings, this may be a wake-up call at the end of the day. We may see a complete rejection of this, this uh, it, it may have been so bad, my friends, that people, it, it may have backfired, God willing, it backfires on the left, that uh, there's going to be a reawakening, a renaissance of Americans to say what, what happened in 2020 and, and 21 and 22 uh, is so egregious, was so horrific. And I do think there will be a Nuremberg, Nuremberg, um, Nuremberg? Yeah, Nuremberg. Nuremberg style trials to figure out what actually happened. Yeah. Now, for a Fauci, for a Gates, yes. for those people, yeah. Gazik. And, and uh, uh, it's already happening. Like a, uh, a Naomi Lee Wolf has left the leftist plantation and cult and is moving in our direction. She's yeah. one of the great ones on this. Well, Tulsi Gabbard also. So Gabbard, she's great. Yes. So we're, gonna, we're seeing this, though. I mean, there's going to be a good deal of hearings coming up. Fauci's already been uh, told that he's going to be subpoenaed as soon as uh, the election changes and we get a, a much more red a Congress and God willing, a Senate. Well, a judge already ordered him to be subpoenaed. Fantastic, case, fantastic. Is so this is and, good news. This is good. News. This is good news. I just want to wrap up here. So, look, in November eight, we're going to have the midterms. It's going to be a slaughter. It's going to be great. There are going to be a lot of uh, you know questions on some elections. I have no doubt about that. But those will be few, hopefully few and far between. Um, but we're going to take at least thirty seats in the House. I do think we're going to have a majority in the Senate. Um, I, I think we'll have at least 51 and probably 52 or 53 at the end of the day. Uh, that will be wonderful. And there is going to be an accounting. There's going to be not just um, the vaccine uh, mandates and the shutdown and what happened uh, with the CDC and everything else, but we're going to find out also about Hunter Biden, the influence peddling that went on uh, with uh, Joe Biden as well. A lot of things are going to be uncovered. And I, and God willing, this is going to be the true uh, America that comes out, the America that is not afraid, the America that wants the truth, the America that loves America. All right, folks, Brock Lurie signing off, saying God bless, and we'll talk with you next week. <laughs>